Hi, and welcome to Suddenly Sober. This is MJ. This is episode two. Thank you so much for joining. I um, am glad to be picking this up again, and um, I'm going to have a guest um, either later this episode, or I might just parse this into two, but before I uh, do my first interview with a guest, I wanted to sort of... um, follow up where I left off last episode, which was walking into my first AA meeting. But um, that really didn't happen until several weeks after I stopped drinking. And um, again, as I mentioned earlier, I spent a lot of that time reading blogs and podcasts. That's really all I had in the beginning. Um, Again, I wasn't really telling anybody that I was considering this as a lifelong maybe commitment. Um, I don't think I even knew. I don't even know if I know now, to be honest. But um, I still had to go through those first days. And I really wish I had started this podcast back then because I would have loved to have logged kind of what that felt like. But I'm going to just kind of put it in a nutshell. It really was just a roller coaster and it still is sometimes, of emotions. Um, Your brain is really resetting itself, and I've come to realize through a lot of reading, and I would recommend that if this is of interest that you read Annie Grace's um, uh, book, This Naked Mind, because she really chronicles, and and I think others have as well, but the uh, changes that go through your physiologically and your brain chemistry that years of drinking, um, the effect that it has on your brain and how long it takes to undo that. And it can be undone, but, um, it really does take a toll on your, um, on your emotions. And so honestly, I feel like sometimes I cry every single day, but that's starting to wane a bit. I still definitely have my episodes, but it's not as much as it was. I have days, you know, they talk about the pink cloud of when you stop drinking. I don't know that I've ever had that pink cloud. That pink cloud, I had to Google that. And that is a feeling of elation. Um, sometimes it's sustained for quite some time after a person stops drinking, um, after years of drinking. I've had moments of that where I really feel joy and and a happiness that I haven't really felt for a long time. Um, I think mine's probably tamped down a bit by some life challenges, but that's okay. I mean, at least I'm dealing with them as a sober person and not a hungover person. But um, in addition to, you know, those emotional kind of highs and lows, um, I think I mentioned earlier that I had had some headaches in the beginning. I really haven't had many since those first days when I stopped. I think a lot of a lot of my time has been spent um, looking back a lot of times with regret and some shame, of course, which, you know, it takes some time to let go of that, but let go, you must. Um, we're all human. None of us are perfect. You know, everyone's got their trials and tribulations. This happens to be one of mine, and you've you know, one thing I've learned is you've got to forgive yourself because, um, 
you know, people, people go through their shit and, uh, we're only human and we're doing our best. So honestly, even though I have, there's some moments in my life I'd, I'd prefer never happened, but, um, you know, how else do we learn? So I really try to be forgiving, self-forgiving for things that I now look back on with, with a little bit of, um, I like to say humility, maybe not shame, but some humility, nothing wrong with that. And so, you know, there's these, this, these are topics that I want to delve into a bit deeper, but some of the things that I wrote down that I really want to touch upon um, during my interviews and, and maybe just intersperse are some uh, these, I'm going to just read off the things that I've written down. Um, one, the shame and, and regret factor and how to come to terms with that and acceptance of that. I think that's a process, but um, that's that's one thing I really feel like a lot of people that have stopped drinking probably beat themselves up over quite a bit. Um, on the other side of that, I don't wake up anymore wondering who I drunk texted or what stupid thing did I say to a friend or a non-friend and how could I have handled that better if I weren't drinking and, you know, I don't look back with embarrassment and I don't look back wishing I had gone home three hours earlier. So that's the flip side of that coin of the shame and regret. I don't have to wake up feeling like that anymore. I don't have to drink anymore. I don't have to be hungover anymore. So that's a wonderful feeling. And that's what I choose to focus on uh, as far as shame and regret are concerned. No more. They got no place in my home. Um, The other thing would be probably triggers. I definitely had some unexpected triggers, um, not in areas I thought I would. Uh, For instance, getting ready to go out. Boy, I always had a cocktail or two when I was getting ready to go out. And I immediately felt that as a trigger, almost desperate trigger. That first night I was trying to get ready to go out without a cocktail. Oh my gosh. Um, I instantly just made myself a diet tonic water with a splash of cranberry and a grapefruit, you know, splash of grapefruit juice and a lime. And it was delicious. And it remains my um, go-to drink. One thing I've noticed is I really want to have a drink in my hand. I don't. Um, want other people to feel uncomfortable coming over here and drinking and so or or at dinner I, I'd like to have a, a drink and that helps me in social situations as well as feeling like I'm not being kind of left out but that's another uh, area I want to talk about social situations how to deal with happy hours dinner shows they're endless you know how I'm navigating those Um, Another topic will be whether to come out or not to come out. I clearly did as I'm hosting my own little podcast. I also came out on my Facebook. Um, So at my 60 day, uh, kind of unexpectedly and unplanned. Um, But I'll talk about that. Um, I want to touch on that feeling of mourning the loss of your old life. I still feel that way. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what it's like to or how or when to hang out with your old drinking buddies, which pretty much are all my friends. So um, I'm not going to go cultivate a whole new pile of friends. Um, Good friends are hard to come by or they can be. Um, 
and make friends fairly easily, but I realized I needed some sober people in my life as well. So I want to talk about that um, down the road um, and how to find sober friends, whether it's through a recovery group or not. Uh, That feeling uh, of will I ever have fun again? Will I ever be fun again? Um, Is life just going to be one big, long, boring, um, just slogging through, not drinking at every turn? Or will I be able to dance again and enjoy a band again? Go see a concert again? Want to dance sober? Um, Speaking of doing things sober, dating sober? Um, Hello, I don't think I've done that for a million years. Dating was hard enough, which is probably why I drank before dates. Probably why I've had trouble in relationships as well. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is dealing with uncomfortable emotions that maybe I or we used to sort of uh, numb away or cover up by drinking. Um, You don't sometimes realize, I don't think, or I didn't, how many times I probably did that until I stopped um, drinking and really got to face those head on. So I want to talk about that, how to fill the time I used to spend drinking. I think, uh, you know, I start remembering how many hobbies I used to have. I used to play tennis. I used to draw. I used to paint, craft, make jewelry. I had, you know, time to take classes. What happened to all those hobbies? One by one, they just disappeared. It's kind of exciting to think about picking those up again. And what do I want to do with all the time I used to spend drinking? I certainly love my Netflix nights, but that's not how I want to spend my every waking free moment. And uh, I think that could lead to (laughs) as much depression as it felt like laying on the sofa hungover. So that's another topic. Um... I think I want to also talk about why it feels so stigmatizing to not be a drinker and the questions you get from people and how to handle those or how I handle those, how I've learned to kind of deal with those things. Um, I want to talk about the things that help me, are helping me stay sober through these, I'm at 95 days today, but what's been helping me and when it might work and when it doesn't. would love to get other people's opinions on that. I've read a lot of things, but I love, I think the more you have, the better. There are some days that are harder than others. And some days you, you really just want to wallow in your misery. Um, but other days you just, you just feel better after you go for a run or you meditate or you pray or you, um, go for a walk in nature. That's a big one for me, getting out in nature, playing with a dog. I mean, these are things that, I've really found solace in and comfort and joy, feeling joy again. You know, I have moments of that that are very promising, um, despite my lows. So, um, you know, these are topics that obviously I can't do all of them at once. I really don't know yet how I want to approach these topics. It'll probably be touched on in my interviews and, um, you know, maybe some separate podcasts. I'm going to hope to interview a lot of different people and get everybody's stories because I just find them so wonderful and helpful and inspiring. So inspiring. So I wanted to um, also spend some time talking because it's been, you know, something that I've been doing um, 
And again, not advocating one way or the other, not a spokesperson for Alcoholics Anonymous, but I have been going to meetings since about probably six weeks in. And I want to spend some time talking about my first experience in a meeting, my first few experiences, because they are very different. Some of them are very different than others. And uh, now I do understand why my doctor suggested going to two meetings three times each. I think you need to go to more than that. And um, about sharing, um, super scary for me. I still get super nervous and sometimes I cry, but I always feel better afterwards. I want to talk about that. Um, I'm going to talk about a lot of terms that are being thrown around in these meetings that I'm still figuring out. And uh, I'm going to talk about the concepts of AA as I'm learning them because there's a lot. Um, It's a life practice. Not for everybody, but, you know, I don't know. Right now it's helping me. So there's just a lot to unpack with AA on its own. I want to try uh, to talk about the concepts that they, um, you know, they suggest of no big changes during your first year of sobriety and why that's important, something I'm still kind of coming to terms with, whether or not I want to practice that. And the steps, oh my gosh, the steps. Um, And sort of the flow of meetings and what they do for me or, you know, don't do for me. Um, want to talk about sponsors and I mean these were all new ideas and concepts for me and I'm still learning I have not gotten through all of my reading material you're given a lot of reading material and one thing that I will say right up front is that um, I realized pretty soon after I quit drinking probably within I don't know three four weeks yeah five or six I needed some sober people in my life. I love my friends. They are everything to me. They are my family. Um, you know, the, I feel very lucky to have the friends I do. But it also is hard sometimes being around people that drink when you're not drinking. And I will never not spend time with those people. But sometimes you just want and need to be around people that are not drinking, that are going through the same things that you're going through and that you are speaking the same language because one thing I did not want to do is from the very beginning is bore all my friends to death with my talk about abstaining and how I quit and how many days it's been and you know people my friends are beautiful wonderful people and they're super proud of me and excited and inspired I think some of them but that can't be the only topic of conversation. And when you do quit drinking, it's your number one thing that you want to talk about. It's like your number one priority, and it should be. But you really need people in your life that that are sharing that journey and, and can speak about it the way you're speaking about it with as much passion and, and empathy because it's a hard freaking road to go down. And I don't know that you can really understand it unless you are going through it at, at this level anyway. You know, a casual drinker that's, you know, has a glass of wine at a party, you know, once in a while couldn't, I don't think they could understand what it's like to be a pretty heavy drinker and with maybe an addiction um, and then to give it up because it's a whole nother animal. So you really need people in your life that 
you can share this experience with and that you can call um, and talk to if you feel like you are having a hard day. And I'm telling you, they will always be there. And it's been a gift that I didn't expect. And I'm still, um, I'm still trying to learn how to trust in that and that they are absolutely the most caring and wonderful people and that um, it was shocking to me that people stepped up immediately when I walked into a meeting that just had, they have your back. I mean, they just have your back from the minute you walk in. I just, you know, so scared, but oh my gosh, I have never found a group of people that do not judge. There is no judgment. Um, There is no embarrassment. They've heard it all. And you are welcome and supported. And I launched into a little AA thing there, but I started off talking about the need for sober people in your life, wherever you can find them. I promise you, you need some sober friends. Um, And that doesn't mean getting rid of your other friends, although... I don't think it's a bad idea. You know, for me, I had to maybe cut down on a couple social activities just till I got used to it, you know, because it's weird. It's weird not drinking sometimes in your own home when everyone else is, and you might even be making them a cocktail. (laughs) You know, I didn't want people to feel like they couldn't have a cocktail in my house. You know, you may not feel that way, and, and alcohol may not be something you can even have in your home. And I completely respect that and support that. It took me a minute to decide whether I could or not. But everybody's, everyone has their own level and their own journey. So it's about what's right for you. It's about what's figuring out what's right for you and sort of delving into these questions that really all deserve their own podcast, you know, maybe some short, maybe some longer and different opinions than mine. So I just wanted to make this second little mini podcast about things that I want to be talking about, um, you know, during this, this, uh, podcast journey of mine and, um, I hope that somebody else will find it helpful, but, um, I will also be talking about AA. I can't speak to any other recovery programs because I'm going into AA meetings, but, um, you know, I think I'm repeating myself here. I already said that. Um, definitely, I'll be talking about AA and how it integrates, you know, how I've integrated it into my life. And um, anyway, and about finding finding a middle, finding a balance, a comfortable balance. You know, some of us tend to be all or nothing people, and I'm probably one of them. Um, very hard-headed, very all or nothing, very determined you have to hit me over the head with a brick sometimes to get me to see, you know, that might not be the best way all the time, MJ. So, um, anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. This is, this was meant to be just a short, um, touch base about the things that I'm want to be discussing. I'm not sure about how it's all going to flow. I don't have a great, you know, set in stone outline for this, uh, how I'm going to roll this out. But um, it's going to be kind of free-flowing, I think. I'm, I'm going to be interviewing um, a friend I've made in, in AA. And I really don't know her story um, yet, but I, I love her. And I'm anxious to get her um, thoughts 
on some of these topics and and get her story as well to share her story so that will be our next podcast my next podcast um so this is podcast two maybe i should call it 2a but let's call it two episode two and um i really am excited to be interviewing um my friend missy and her name is missy and she's just lovely 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 lady that i'm excited to talk to so that will be next and for now um i will say good night and thank you so much for listening i look forward to next time bye bye